0: You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness podcast.: All right, we're into the latest podcast, all right. I have got my latest interview with Gary House, all right? He is based in Wales, and he's going to introduce himself and tell you all things about running is going to be the topic we're going to be discussing today. <laughs> all right, Gary. You fill the listeners in, you tell them what you do, a small bit about yourself and a little bit of your background my man.
1: Yeah I, uh, I'm i based in North Wales. Uh, I, I'm firstly a, a running coach these days so um, yeah it's all online but I haven't kind of things like we've got about 200 members in my coaching club now so it sounds a lot but kind of yeah the way I do things is a little bit different so I try and educate people in running it's not just it's just not like training plans and all that kind of thing. So it's it's good fun, yeah. But it's, but it's took a long time to kind of get to this point. Uh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I still complete compete to a, a kind of decent standard myself. And uh yeah, I just spent about fifteen years being obsessive over running. And the more, the more and more I got a bit better at it. And I was, a, I was a personal trainer and things like this. But I only attracted runners, so I only work with runners and things like that.
0: I thought you said uh, women. There, you only attract women. I was like, well, that's no problem. I don't mind that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, marketing-wise, you, people used to say, do not they? You're like, you're just go for one, go for one gender, or whatever. But it didn't really work with me. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of. I've like, I've I've been self-employed from twenty, age to twenty-one. I just couldn't be employed by anyone. But before that, I was a I was a hairdresser, so. So I was was a hairdresser and then went straight into running coaching, (laughs) pretty much.
0: One end of the spectrum to the other. You must have like unbelievable hair. Any hair tips for me?
1: Uh, Yeah, just uh, keep it as long as you can.
0: (laughs) 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 I wouldn't mind if you're after telling me you're a hairdresser, you're sitting in front of your laptop with a cap on. You're going to have bad hat hair,
1: man. Uh, Yeah, I've been running for 15 years and I've just had a shower, so yeah. Uh, I've always got a cap on these days but hair is it's really weird like I've got no interest in hair these days which yeah I don't know why I would (laughs) yeah
0: all right right. the first question I'm going to ask you in relation to is like if you've been a runner and a running coach like what's your nutrition and what's your training currently like at the minute I know it's kind of snowing where you are right now it's a bit mental like it's like the first second week of February here now and it's you're, you're telling me it's snowing out
1: I ran this morning in the sunshine in kind of shorts and t-shirt with the dog. Now we've had about two inches of snow in about an hour. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm like just under 400 meters up high over there. So, so once it, it's on the snow line, so if snow's coming, it just hits me quite quite quickly. Uh, but yeah, training wise, I yeah, so I I'm lucky because I coach from home now. I basically train like a full-time athlete. So <laughs> yeah, so I kind of just made my work fit around the fact that I wanted to do that rather than the other way around. But when I did it, I was young enough, didn't have any responsibilities or anything like that. Whereas now I've got like family house and all that kind of stuff. So I'm lucky I did it at an early age. Um, yeah, I train up between 90 and a hundred miles a week in the Hills. Uh, so, so, but f- like food quite quickly, I realized that food was kind of part and parcel of this running mark. I'm quite kind of, I go down black holes for, of, like, information kind of thing, you know what I mean? So, I kind of it was running at first, and how can I be a better runner? But then I quite quickly found out that, like, I need to sort my food out. I can't just have fucking oh, sorry, <laughs> I don't know if you can of course, don't me. worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't stop swearing. Yeah. But, like, I lived in a shared house in Manchester, and they used to call me Gary Tuna because I would just have tuna pasta every night. <laughs> like, and I thought that was cooking, I was just throwing fucking tins of tuna at everything.
0: protein (laughs) you need protein
1: yeah well yeah i moved out i was 19 couldn't didn't have much money so tuna and dry pasta i thought i was like yeah golden man's at the time
0: (laughs) that's very interesting so from from the tuna and the pasta how has your diet improved and what are you currently doing and what do you pass on to others who are doing running because i'm a big believer in the foods that you eat can have a direct result on the way that you look feel and how much energy levels you have that's why i kind of well, my background is organic fitness and yeah. kind of promoting the likes of people eating organic, but it definitely whole foods, single ingredients, fresh, local, if at all possible. That's that's kind of my key note.
1: Well, yeah, like like quickly looking at your stuff was really interesting because it reminded me of like when I first got into the into running, say it was like long distance trail mountain stuff, and the guy that was coaching me was a, he's a guy called Lee Saxby, and some people know him, some people don't, but he's like a little hermit that lives off grid. Uh, and he, he coined the whole, he, he was like heavy into the barefoot and human human movement and all this kind of thing. But his thing was he was self-sufficient. So his whole, his, just lived on a farm um, to the point where he kind of like, yeah, turned over his own soil and all that kind of stuff. So everything organic. But, and he was, and, and his obviously knowledge base was far and above what I needed. But it was him that really started off this. Well, I nearly really need to look at my nutrition. Uh, yeah, I've been—I'm kind of—I call myself. If you're going to label it, I've been like ninety percent vegetarian for about seven years, something like that. I still have the odd Sunday lunch with friends, and I won't say no to a beef dinner if I know it's a nice beef or something. But at the same time, I don't don't go down. The, uh, yeah, just a pretty vegetarian these days. I'm I'm married to a vegetarian, but. Um, a bit like you like it's it's hard these days to understand like the quality of food is like like yeah I guess you can tell me more you go into a supermarket and it's labeled organic and like I know enough to know that what like there's varying degrees of organic and things like this um but yeah I just try and promote the basics principles of nutrition for runners and then try and yeah if they want to know more hopefully I can back that up a little bit yeah I so can't what was remember, your, what yeah. was it? <laughs> 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 yeah. Like can... 10 years ago, I went down the whole nutrition route and I was kind of going on courses. And um, I spent time, at the, you like, if you heard of Martin McDonald, I, I was under him for a while. So I kind of, but it was the stuff that I was getting taught on personal trainer qualifications and even higher qualifications of that was just all bullshit. I knew it was kind of thing because I'd already had training, well, like unofficial training from mentors, I guess. Uh, so yeah it's just I was just mo- just my own interest like I wanted to be healthy I wanted to do better at running and it was like this food thing was a whole new opened up a whole new world for me basically because uh, up until then it was just like sausage sandwiches in, in college and in uni and all that kind of stuff so yeah it was quite exciting to know that food could make a big effect on things
0: but that, that's so important, that you, the point you just touched on there. Sometimes people try over-complicate it when they don't, they're not doing the simple things. If they started, yeah. I always, one of the first typical first questions I ask individuals, like, what are you eating for breakfast? Tell me what you're having for lunch. Tell me what you're having for dinner. Now, don't think about, are there perfect carbohydrates we should be eating at certain times and a certain amount? You clean up your diet. You have a healthy breakfast, and healthy is different for everyone. You have a healthier lunch, and you have a healthier dinner choice for you, sourcing it from single ingredient foods, and you will improve from where you are now. Don't think too far in the future. Just make small improvements, and you'll see your results in your energy levels will be increased as a result of that. Doing the simple things kind of on a regular basis is really kind of overlooked because it's it's not sexy. It's like, yeah, Yeah. give me this tablet. Give me this exact time. Give me this exact measurement of how much protein, how much to consume, how much carbohydrates to consume. Hold on now. I want to be a a vegan or I I want to be on a paleo diet. You tell me how much of this to eat and I'll be strict. I'll stick to it. They need to kind of point out for themselves, trial and error, what suits them, what suits their lifestyle, what is kind of suited to them in a nutshell. And and sometimes they overcomplicate it and it, it's actually, it's, it's as simple or as hard as you make it.
1: Well, I do like, uh, I do question and answers in my own group. And remember, like I'm dealing with runners kind of mainly, but a lot of them are there. Like they're, but they're like, I don't know how many times I have answer questions like, what like which potato should I I like, have sweet potato or white potato and it's like well you're too stone overweight so it doesn't really matter which like potato you have to be honest it's like <laughs> that's I, so I, true that's so like, true eat less chips <laughs> number one yeah like have yeah. an actual potato and then just carry it doesn't matter what color it is <laughs> which i kind of like oversimplifying it but um yeah, I remember someone told me ages ago, it's like people, that, you know, imagine like a jar of stones or pebbles and people are trying to kind of fill, you, to fill a jar you could throw in the big rocks first and then fill it with the little pebbles, but too many people try and fill it with the little pebbles first, I think. you wouldn't believe what's that happening right now, the battery <laughs> on the... <laughs> Please
0: God, don't it turn it off. Yes! That was a major success, and there was no editing on this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what an absolute beauty!
1: What were you doing? Just bidding all your potatoes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the white potatoes—they're out. They're out. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, it's it's. I, I get why people ask those questions because you go on social media, and people are telling, and, and you're bombarded with kind of info, but it's all. Uh, People are trying to impress you with their knowledge rather than just kind of give you the simple stuff, I think, a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. There's there's sometimes um, we're actually information overload, yet we're knowledge lacking. If you use the current knowledge that you have, such as making a healthier food choice, making a better food choice for you, you would improve on that putting into practice the information that you know. Like people are like, oh yeah, I think I'll just have the fry and I won't decide to choose to have the likes of a single ingredient, overnight oats or something that I recommend to people that contains what? A single ingredient food. Add the likes of your berries, which are then, Natural sweetener, full of antioxidants, add a complete protein source, whether that be the likes of adding seeds, mixing your grains of the oats and the nuts, or and or eggs is another option. A simple one that most people go, oh yeah, never thought of eggs or never. I don't usually typically have eggs in the morning. Like these are these are simple things, but putting them into practice is kind of key. And you can't get the benefit of something that you don't do.
1: I think it's like I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old now, and it's I always think of like. Like, right, well, kind of, what would you give your four-year-old or what would I give my four-year-old? It's, y- the ideal is to give them single-ingredient stuff, basic stuff, isn't it, yeah? Sometimes, if you're really busy, I get it, life is really busy, you'll just throw them a fucking pancake or something, yeah? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, easy, yeah. it's but the majority of the week, I want to chop them up some carrot and give them some berries and give them, like, some yoghurt or whatever, but yeah, and keep it simple, but it's, they don't have meals, they just have lots of single stuff thrown together on a plate, yeah, so I don't know why people want to, I know, like, I'm a parent as well, and I've got a business, so, like, using the time thing isn't, doesn't really fly with me that much, because there's so many ways around the time issue, it's just, it's just planning usually, yeah, it's just prioritising it, if you're really that bothered, you're just gonna have to prioritise it to to a little point, and kind of, just upskill yourself knowledge wise. You can't, if you're a grown adult, you can't just use the excuse of, I've got no time and I don't know what to eat. It's, it's not valid anymore. That's a brilliant yeah. thing. To yeah. So, what do we give your four year old? You still that. Yeah, you break it up. Break it up just a little bit, which is not what I'm looking for. Is what's the quality like right now? I hope it's improving.
0: <laughs> oh, tell me we're back on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare. Not to worry. What we do is, I can try, stop it, and record it. One sec. What's your internet quality
1: like? Uh, <laughs> I've got mobile. It's only on mobile. I am in the sticks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what we can do there is. Oh, it looks like it's pretty good too. What's the quality <laughs> like now?
0: Oh, we're back on. we small technical difficulties. <laughs> We sorted it out. Gary is back on. Yeah. He's improved his signal. Thanks for to God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm on mobile data because it's, uh, I'm in the sticks, so we can't even get proper internet line
0: Yeah. He does live in the sticks. That is all right. We're talking about single ingredient foods and the likes of yeah. a quote or even a point that you touched on. Like, what would you give your four year old kid? There's another one that you shouldn't eat and consume foods that your granny wouldn't eat. Right, she eats vegetables. She eats.
1: Oh, don't know about that. You didn't know my granny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we'll stick to the four-year-old analogy. That yeah. seems much better.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> each to their own. In in relation to training, Gary, um, do you do much like weight resistance style training, or what kind of training do you?
1: Yeah, do, I did didn't use. I didn't use to. When I first got into running, I was just. It was mainly because. Uh, I did some running in school, uh, it was okay, but then I fell into football, and my friends played football, but yeah, it was really when I got isolated a little bit, when I moved to the city for work, Manchester, didn't have any money, couldn't afford to join a gym or anything to keep fit, so I just started running down the canal, up and down, up and down for miles, um, but I started losing a ton of weight, and like, I was, like, I've never been big anyway, so I was just, there was just nothing of me through this running, that's when I kind of, yeah, basically started kind of like I need to do something about that just losing muscle as well through running Um, and as you knew more and more and I picked up some injuries and things then I just started getting in the gym more I've got a really good physio and it was my physio rather than anyone else that got me in the gym Um, and then ever like my yeah like you say my business is run strong because a lot of it is based on preventing the injury and and just health in general I still go to the gym well, I've got a gym in the garage now because I because <laughs> I moved away from the gym. But uh yeah, I encourage everyone to get in the gym as much as possible. Um so it is a it's still a big part of what I do really. It's yeah, I don't enjoy it like I enjoy the running, but um yeah, it's just I enjoy it because I know it's gonna keep me injury free and I know it's it, yeah, it's good it's good sometimes rather than running and it's pissing down with rain. I can just jump into the garage. And doing a couple of squats and deadlifts and things and, and and I feel like I've done something then.
0: That's so interesting. I'd be the kind of the total flip opposite of that.
1: Yeah. I don't enjoy running as much. I much
0: prefer resistance style training. However, I know yeah. it improves my endurance and my um what my quality of life. So I kinda of try to do a bit of a balance or <laughs> Yeah, I do weights resistant first in the people on well, myself and in the people that I train as well. So they get the best of both worlds. Because people say often say, Oh, cool, man. Yeah, what's better? What's better cardio? Or is it resistance yeah. or weight training? And then gonna kind of,
1: well, they has both has their benefits. And yeah, if you can so- do both, why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like if I want to be a runner, I like that like there's no substitute for running, but it's kind of if you keep breaking down as a runner, then it's there's reasons for it. It's like if I'm helping someone rehab with a tendon injury, it's like strength, Come, that's, where, that's where, you, where you fix that injury. It's through getting in the gym and doing the work in the gym, really. Building up the muscle, or whatever.
0: Yeah, a, po- a point in relation to uh, runners, and typically get asked, is the likes of um, running shoes, lower back pain, and shin splints. Are those typical questions you get asked, or could you give yeah, you yeah. information?
1: Or, yeah? yeah, well, I get asked a lot because I attack a lot of people on, <laughs> <laughs> well, attack, that's the wrong word, yeah, are a big so, beast of a man. Well, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm a, a lot of people put out misinformation about running, the same as they do in diet and everything. But in running especially, um, not really the same amount of people. That, it's not the fact that you're calling them out. It's just things like gait analysis and running shoes uh, to fix certain kind of, uh, you call them injuries and niggles and things like this. They're just, uh, it, it's a lot of marketing behind it. So, yeah, I took it upon myself to basically take the science and then tell people in simple terms why they probably don't need to be listening to these things. <laughs> um, yeah, when it comes to running shoes, there's there's not many running shoes. Running shoes aren't going to help it, an injury, as in directly. It's usually due to training load, maybe your running form and things like this, and, and your strength in relation to what your body can cope with and recovery. It's not what shoes you've got on usually. Um, even though the shoe business would have us believe that. That's why kind of gait analysis came in um, into shops. But you need to remember where you are. You're in a running shoe shop. So any gait analysis done in there is going to point you to whatever they've got on the wall, isn't it? So, yeah.
0: Well, that that That's a good point in that in relation to it works in nutrition and food as well, because in supplements, yeah. people kind of go, what supplements do I need to take? All right? What what mm. shoes do I need to wear? What gym gear help me run or lift heavier weights faster? Like that's That might get you from the 90 to a 99%. But the whole yeah. thing about it is you just do the simple things, the simpler, the easier things, getting to the gym, getting your runs in, doing these on a regular basis. That's the mm. 90%. That's the bulk of the stuff you need to be focused on before you're worrying about whatever type of gym shoes or whatever type of gym clothing or supporting rips, r- uh, grips on your hands or the likes. What kind of yeah. shoes do you wear or do you recommend or is there um shoes? Wide?
1: No, I've got yeah. I just have a, I have a wide range. So like I say, like my background when I first got into it was human movement and people that were doing all this <clears> barefoot <throat> stuff. But I didn't take it as that for running. I, I kind of live my day-to-day life in like vivo barefoot shoes, if you've heard of them. they people like they like the vibrant things, but they're just barefoot shoes. Um Your so toes
0: it, going to each individual
1: that's what you know, they're similar to that, but they're not the same thing. So they are like a shoe, but there's no, um, there's basically no support on the shoe. So it's as close as you can get to walking barefoot, it's just protection against like uh, rocks or fucking needles or whatever, you, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want to be like, it, we're still in a modern world. It, you're daft if there's people running the length of Britain barefoot. It's like it's, you need to, we're in the modern world. You can't just walk barefoot. So there is, (laughs) I can't, what was the question? What shoes have I got? Yeah, so I've got those. So I'm a massive fan of, if you can't do like a, people call it like functional training and things, but if you can't sit down like into a squat position, um, and as a runner, you really need that because it's all about the ankle flexion and your hip mobility and things like this. So if you take people right back, if you can't do that simple human squat movement, um, then you start there and that starts with shoes if you just wear barefoot shoes that's one times your body weight going through your feet which kind of makes your feet a bit stronger if you think every time you wear shoes and people wear trainers that fit the shoe rather than the other way around um so running shoes and things they're like they're like the tools that you would wear for running but running is what for most people a couple of percent of your week so you need to look outside of running how to fit to kind of fix your feet and things like that
0: yeah isn't there a kind of a technique that they're supposed to, you, you tell me better than this is how i'm asking you there's a heel striking and then there's a midfoot kind of a striking action mm. what's that in yeah. relation to so people plan on that? call
1: it heel striking midfoot or even four foot striking and uh, it's all kind of born from well there's books out called born to run right which is anyone who's an ultra runner will have read this and it's a guy that kind of Ended up ditching his trainers, running barefoot, and all this kind of thing. What people missed is he spent most of the time injured because kind of thing. <laughs> they thing. left out that part of the book. Yeah, just taking your trainers off doesn't fix you. It'll probably knock you your Achilles and your calf and things like this. Um, there's no best way to run. That's the that's the, like if you if you talk to any of the top science and biomechanics, there's no best way to run. Even though people are looking for that. But there's some, you'd call them like red flags. If your foot lands underneath your head every time that it lands, you're probably going to be okay, right? So if it's landing a little bit out in front or a little bit behind, then that could cause issues. Not necessarily, It doesn't always, but people have kind of attacked heel striking for being a bad thing for, for the last 10, 15 years. Um, but the, the top the Afri- East Africans, the top runners in the world, they all heel strike, okay, um, the majority of them heel strike, and these new Nike trainers that are coming out, and changing the, the the world of running, they've got a heel of like 40 mil on them, so we've kind of come full circle now, so there's no, there's no, it's not how your heel lands, or how your foot lands, it's just where it lands, and more importantly, what happens after that, um, that matters really, if we, st- it, what happens is people like they there's an old term it's like they call them human zoo animals so we sit in a most people sit in an office all day yeah? yeah so they go in this seated position and then they drive home and they sit in their sofa so they never sit in that functional squat that kind of keeps the ankle flexion keeps the hips moving so when run they have this weird kind of gait uh, cycle but when we were kids uh when you go and <laughs> When you go to a school and watch kids, <laughs> then watch- <laughs> <laughs> What did you do? Know, I'm not recommending everyone does this, but uh, yeah, if you go and watch a school full of kids running around, everyone runs perfectly, yeah? So once you go to high school and sit in chairs and then you get into your office job and you hit 30 and decide, right, fucking hell, I'm going to enter a marathon. And then wonder why you look like a, like an epileptic donkey running down the road. Because you've sat in a chair for 15 years, Yeah. Everyone could run perfectly at the age of five to ten, kind of thing. Um, But we just lose that skill. So it was kind of my job in the early days to give people back that skill and run like a kid, like a child again.
0: That's a very important point. Is there tips uh, that you give? You can give even five major tips, or even tips to to uh, beginner to intermediate runners, if you know what I mean. Yeah.
1: So uh, there's people kind of uh, put a big emphasis on cadence, run cadence, which is basically how many steps you take in a minute as a runner. Okay. Now people do put too much emphasis on it, but what I will say is if you can do a simple test, so just uh, time yourself for a minute and how many times one of your one foot or one leg hits the floor. So you count your left leg. How many times does that hit the floor in that one minute? That will give you a number. If you times that by two if you've got two legs <laughs> that gives you <laughs> that gives you your cadence um that gives you a cadence number so it will range from anywhere from like 140 up to 190 to 200 maybe if you're between 170 and 185 you're probably fine if it's below 170 then you could probably do with increasing this cadence um which is basically your stride rate yeah so to increase the stride rate, the biggest mistake then people make is to just run faster because your brain will just go, I'll just run faster. But then you just have a bigger stride and you emphasize a problem. So you shorten up the stride at the same pace, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I actually hadn't previously heard of that before.
1: Mm. So you shorten up the stride. A lot of the thing is, remember, we run because of our environment. We run wrong, call it that, because we spend our life in shoes and sitting in chairs. So in other cultures, like in Mexico, India, where they still just sit in a squat, you know, like without a chair, um, you tell them to squat 10 times, they w- they'd look at you funny. But if you tell them to sit down 10 times, they would just drop. Do you know what I mean? Um, and if you think of that human squat, like uh, when a baby does it, when because when you like you function, you you crawl and then you squat, then you walk, then you run. We've made up this middle ground of jogging, call it, yeah which is the overstriding, leaning from the waist, and all this kind of stuff. So if you lean from the ankle, but you need ankle flexibility for that, um, and then you shorten up your stride kind of thing, and then just relax. I always teach people how to relax. They're the three big ones that you need to do, really. That's brilliant.
0: Yeah. Recap of those is increase your stride, or time your yeah.
1: stride. So think of it this way. So you need to shorten up and quicken your stride without getting faster, yeah? So say your number is 140 or 150 in a minute and your cadence, then you could ideally end up with being 170 to 180. You can download something called a metronome app, just free on an iPhone or whatever. and it's like uh, a musician would usually use it, but you set it to 170 and it will just beep, 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 beep in your ear, which, you know, don't go doing it for hours. <laughs> but it will. That's a good way. If I was going to coach someone one to one, it would be right. Stick this metronome in your ear and just match the beep for 30 seconds and then go without the beep and then do it again. And then it will change. But a lot of this stuff is through drills and, uh, and things like this. Yeah, It's very different. Yeah, it's very difficult to fix how you run um, when you're actually running. So it's a bit like, when was the last time you saw yourself run? Nobody like nobody knows what they look like. But if I showed you what you look like, you could probably quite quickly kind of change some of those things. You'd go, fucking hell, yeah, I'm definitely like oh, bending from the waist too much or I'm overstriding too much. Um, it's a bit like swimming. People will go to a swimming coach And they will film them and they'll go, God, I look awful. But they can quite quickly correct some simple errors. So the best thing I can tell people is to get someone to film them. It doesn't have to be, it can be anyone, because as soon as you see that feedback of yourself running, you can usually correct a few things.
0: That's very similar in the likes of your weight training, resistance style training. So yeah. people don't realise how or what way the form is when they're doing a squat, yeah. whether they're doing a, a dumbbell bicep curl, which is a common, common, extremely common, where they swing and they'd swing half the yeah. dumbbell up above their head and they go, oh yeah, so that's what I'm doing wrong. And before you even tell them anything, they go, yeah, that doesn't look right.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, you can just having people forget that, that feedback that you get from seeing yourself is really important um yeah some and again coaching has gone down the line of like I've seen coaches try and explain something for 30 minutes instead of either demonstrating it or just seeing what looked like in the first place uh, like you'll know it if you're trying to teach someone how to deadlift or something or squat it's the kind of basic fundamentals are pretty simple um so you just get them to do it and then show them what they're doing and you, like you tell me what's wrong kind of thing yeah uh, it's usually a lot easier that way
0: no, well, that, they're super tips, I have to say for sure, right? And we're going to do a couple of quick fire, uh, get to know you questions just to finish up the podcast, all right? Yeah. In relation to yourself, do you have any piece of information that you wish you, that you have now, that you wish you had in your 20s per se?
1: <sighs>
0: it doesn't have to be fitness related. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, in my 20s? nah. uh, uh I don't know I just like I spent a lot a long time I guess trying to be a bit more professional when I first came into personal training and stuff Um, because I just went straight into the gym floor with a load of professional personal trainers and everything's yeah everything's professional well I'm, I'm the least professional person in the world kind of thing I kind of work hard and I hope I know enough to help people but yeah as soon as I started being myself a bit more and just a bit more relaxed things are 10, 10 times easier and I work with people that kind of it's not that being ultra professional is a bad thing it's just it doesn't really suit my kind of coaching style and the people that work with me then end up being people that I want to work with as well so it's probably that because I ended up working with a load of people that were just we didn't we didn't kind of well we clashed put it that way <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a brilliant point. The, the more natural you are, the more comfortable you are, the more help you can provide to people. And, and uh, I'll be t- asking for your uh, hashtag or your um, Instagram handle so people can, and the listeners can go straight over and follow you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have to be all sitting in front of it, uh, giving out information in the black and white, because that's boring and people don't like boring and people won't. Take, yeah. A lot of people can't take that on board. You see, people will follow people that they like. If they like consuming that information just in a, a list format, there's a, there's a way, and a natural, funny way that you put it across, and I put myself into that bracket too as well, in weight training and in making those food choices. It, it doesn't have to be just make, make sure you have porridge for breakfast. Make sure you're eating your vegetables. It's just like make it a little more entertaining that people will enjoy listening to you and your content like,
1: And I get that people aren't like, you don't have to be great in front of the camera or anything. If writing's your thing, you can write, but you can also write in a more relaxed style as well and make it more interesting that way, make it story based and things like that. I used to love writing stories. So as soon as I started writing my content in that kind of way, like my blogs, like before Instagram and Facebook, if you were writing a blog, it would just be a story rather than kind of, yeah, like the usual fact sheet or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not as good. All right, me being an organic horticulturist and growing my own vegetables. What's your favourite vegetable?
1: Favourite vegetable? Uh, can't I say, I you can't say chips. No, no. no. <laughs> I, yeah. well, do you know what? I I love a carrot. I do. Yeah. yeah. I just love. Yeah, carrot, beetroot. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like roasted veg. You know, like Sunday lunch roasted veg. Really um, Gives you
0: the flavour. Yeah. Super. Yeah
1: like garlic thrown over and then a bit of chili maybe, something like that. Yeah, like a bit of heat in the veg, yeah.
0: Chili, you said you, you were, um, actually just before we started the podcast, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna bring it off here now. I was talking about growing your own. And then Gary goes, oh geez, yeah, I can't grow, I can't even grow
1: chili. Uh, <laughs> I'm always impressed by people that can grow and just keep things alive. Like I've kept, I've managed to keep three things alive, right, my dog <laughs> and my two kids. Everything else has fucking died. My like, I've gone through like my friends moved to New Zealand uh, about ten years ago, and they bought us a chili plant, and I've had to buy about five chili plants since because I can't keep the thing alive. It's like <laughs> I'm spending a fortune on chili plants because because then they like they get in touch like, how are they chilies doing? Yeah, great, great, yeah. It's just that's so <laughs> funny.
0: And chilies will be one of the easier crops to grow. <laughs> I'll give you a couple <laughs> of tips after. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, well, it's gone now. Yeah, it was in the kitchen window for a while, but I I think my wife's put it somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, (laughs) I used to be, yeah, like growing up, I was obsessed with growing tomatoes, sunflowers, all the usual stuff. Um, Yeah, I can't keep things alive. I haven't got the, um, I'm not disciplined enough in that kind of area, I think.
0: That's yeah. right I just finish up on uh, what Instagram <laughs> influencers or people that you follow would you recommend other people to follow or say do you know or follow yeah. anyone uh,
1: who, who would I recommend to follow yeah um, yeah there's no nah, no one really just me <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's fine that's a great fucking answer <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, I, I'm not massive into Instagram, but obviously, like like Brian Keane and things, I've managed to get a bit closer to, with Brian. Uh, yeah, Brian's great. He puts out not also good content, but he obviously gets great conversations with people. Uh, Martin McDonald, if you're looking for nutrition stuff, yeah. Um, super he, Yeah, he's really he's really basically clever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in the running world, it's difficult. The influencers are all just basically yeah. Not worth following. Um, you're better off following just your friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: that, that's the best answer I've got. <laughs> your people going, oh yeah, so and so. Like that's the truest <laughs> answer we're going to get here. I think on this podcast, Follow your
1: friends, and then the rest. They, that's that's it, basically. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right, Gary. Before we finish up, I just want uh, you to tell the listeners where's the best place for them to find you. All right, if they want to want to hook up with you and improve their running, or you give them your handles there now, okay?
1: Uh Yeah, I live in North Wales. In, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Online
0: coach,
1: Just, yeah, Instagram Gary House underscore, I think it is at the minute. Um, and on Facebook, it's run strong. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah, they're the main two places, I guess, you can find me. Yeah,
0: they're the main two places. What
1: yeah, I'm like on the Instagram, so it's kind of it's I, I like interacting on there. So if yeah, send me messages or answer questions, things like that, I have a lot of fun on there, yeah
0: super stuff and if you're not currently following Gary I highly recommend it he's not only what, giving out quality information but he's entertaining as well he makes it fun he makes it enjoyable and that's what I think it's all about doing things that you enjoy and you can be consistent with alright Gary thanks very much for coming on to the podcast man
1: <coughs> no worries Yeah. cheers man cheers <laughs>
0: I just wanted to come on here and say thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Organic Fitness Podcast. If you got any value from it at all, I really would appreciate it. You could share it with just one individual, whether it be word of mouth, whether it be on social media, hashtag <laughs> organic fitness buzz compound effect. Alright, hope you enjoyed this latest episode and as well as that, if you are listening to it on iTunes, I really would appreciate if you could give us a review. That'd be doing me a massive favor and you goddamn well know this is the best goddamn fitness podcast out there. Stay classy, stay
1: tuned and keep it organic.